Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting and before an excellent podcast. Quick shout out to our sponsor, Brex. Brex is a credit card for startups, the first one ever. It's fantastic. They don't require a personal guarantee by the founder. That is a huge, huge deal. Also has great integration with QuickBooks, which makes life easy for your accountant. And finally, they have really good rewards. They do startup-centric rewards, so like bonuses on ride-sharing and travel and eating out and things like that, all things that appeal to the whole team at a startup. So check out Brex, and if you go through their sign-up and type in Cruise, you get a discount. Hopefully you enjoy Brex, and thanks so much, guys, for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks. So when your trouble's a mountain, in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise. and friends with your host Scotty. Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast. This is Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting and today my very special guest is Curtis Coleman of Our Village. Welcome Curtis. Hi, how are you Scott? Glad to be here. I'm doing great. So we've worked together for three or four years now and you are one of my favorite clients. You're uh, hilarious. I, I still remember you sent us a delicious jar of pickles when you found out my wife Vanessa was pregnant and, uh, and we love those pickles. <laughs> I was, so, I was super surprised to hear that you went through all of them because that jar was ridiculously... She, she likes pickles. She does. Actually, I bought some yesterday. But you are the founder of Our Village, and it's a really cool site. Maybe you can tell people what it is and how you had, had the idea to start it. Yeah. Um, so Our Village, which is spelled R-V-I-L-L-A-G-E, it's a... So the RV is... It's a play on words. It's about RVs, recreational vehicles, right? So Our Village is a online social network uh, for RVers that are traveling. The unique thing about it, so, you know, think of like Facebook for RVers. It's a uh, complete social network with groups and subgroups and, and, and feeds and all of that stuff. But the unique thing about it is, is that it's a location-aware social network, which makes sense because these people are on wheels and they're traveling around and it's hard to meet people and forge... Uh, you know, important uh, relationships when you're bouncing around and you're in places for short periods of time. So the idea is that uh, you can land someplace in a town and get onto our village and take a look and see what other RVers are around you. And people are getting together all over the place. They're hooking up for dinner and and at the campground or wherever they happen to be. And so it's... I, I love the idea from like the moment you told me. And I have the background of the Ben's Friends Patient Networks, which is a different kind of group. But I understood how like a kind of vertical group of people... It just makes so much sense. And oftentimes those people are underserved by other social networking platforms. And so having something dedicated to them is just incredibly powerful. It's, it's really cool what you built. Thanks. Thanks. We're excited. It's getting a lot of attention right now, which is a, yeah. a very exciting time for us. Well, I get to see the numbers, which is awesome. Yeah, you do. So the other thing I like about the, is like the, the actual map. Like I've seen different incarnations over the years, but like just seeing all the RVers on the map really gives you a sense of the scale and like what's happening out there. Yep. Like what are some of the key features like in the early days where you're like, Hey, this is going to work. I need to, I need to nail this, this, and this. Well, the, the, I think the biggest key feature was, uh, when we installed the, uh, the idea of groups, right? So everybody, not everybody wants to connect with everybody. You've got, everybody's got different likes and, and, uh, and, and things that they're into. Some people are more crafty. Some people are more cool, you know, whatever it is. And so everybody's trying to find their tribe, their peeps. 
And so uh, we created a part in the platform, which was the whole groups area, which you can create any kind of group you want. There's over 3,000 crowdsourced groups in there. Oh, my gosh. Um, everything from, uh, from you know, full-time RVers to weekend warriors to uh, – people who do what's called boondocking which is kind of camping off the grid in public lands and stuff like that oh. there's a 420 group on there now and, <laughs> and there's a, there's a there's a, a large lgbtq community that's using our village to connect that's with great. each other so it's kind of everybody's finding a home but the groups definitely have become uh a a lifeblood of it and the interesting thing is that uh, they're able to find you could with just a click of a button you can locate people within your group around you uh, completely oh, no isolated way. from everything else yeah that's amazing yeah. and I, I uh, now are people like writing into you or sending you pictures of like hey I'm playing cards with another our village person or all how, the time like, all the time oh my gosh they're, they they're constantly posting on the home feed you know if or in a group feed or something, you know, we're hanging out with this couple, whatever, at this RV park or at this brewery. There's a, a lot of people that, you know, when they're traveling around, they, they go and try to find the cool new, you know, the cool microbrewery around them. And yep. so they're connecting with people there. And yeah, people are posting pictures constantly connecting with each other, which is nice. And when we first met, I was, I got the social network aspect of it, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I didn't, don't think I fully appreciated the demographic trends and money, like money spent trends by people who are uh, our, our villagers or, or RV people. Maybe kind of explain it to the audience. It, it kind of blew me away, actually. Yeah, so the our village, the, the people that come and use our village, we are a direct mirror of the demographics of people that are RVing out there. So um, it's not like for millennials or for older people. There's It's a, it's a veritable cornucopia of uh but it does mirror the entire industry what's driving the industry and what's been driving the industry for the last decade or so are the 70 million baby boomers that are retiring at the rate of i don't, I don't know i think it's something like uh 16,000 per day right now oh my gosh and, uh, wow. those are people that are having a 65th birthday and the reason why baby boomers have been so important in the rv industry is not because of their age it's because of who they are so these people were uh they were age appropriate during woodstock right so they were in their early 20s and (laughs) and so they're an adventurous bunch right they're different than our grandparents retirees our grandparents retirees were more interested in getting a condo in boca raton for their retirement these guys they want to go uh, they want to get an RV and travel around, go to the national parks. They want to go on the blues cruise. They want to go on the nude cruise. You know, they want live life. They're also healthier yeah, as, they want as to, they get older. They want to go know. to Burning Man. They're they're just a different group. So RV is a really interesting thing. Now that being said, there are the millennials that are uh, starting to enter into the space. They're a little young right now to be driving the industry, right? So they're. Uh, you know, they just haven't amassed any equity in their homes to be able to buy a hundred thousand dollar vehicle, but they're buying used RVs like crazy. They will absolutely be owning this industry in 15, 20 years from now. So they're searching out for online platforms that make sense for them to be able to find their tribe as well. And yeah. so we're getting our our demographic is every day getting younger and younger and younger and younger, which is uh, it's, it's kind of a nice. It's happening organically, which is the way we want it to happen. Well, also, you know, I know from my patient support networks that 
like sometimes people make the assumption that like older people aren't technologically adept or aren't, but that's actually not true. Like I saw it on our social network. It was like just a huge, it was actually like the baby boomers. There was baby boomers there for support or to reach out. If people, where there's a will, there's a way, like people figure this stuff out, especially when it makes their life so much better, especially when they're touring and meeting awesome people. So I, have you see, seen any of those like demographic splits or is it like, like the stuff I experienced where it was yeah. like tons, tons of people? That's a great question. Thanks for asking that. What we know is that the fastest growing segment of people that are adopting social networking are older people, right? Younger people just kind of grew up with it. They, they, they yeah. do it. It's rote for them. But for yeah. older people, it's kind of a new thing. And especially when they're traveling, it's like, how do you keep up with your family? How do you stay in touch with people? So they're adopting uh, social networking uh, in droves. You know, we, we have some, some older, older people that it's a little trickier for them. And so it takes a, a little bit of hand-holding. We've been... I've, I'm very, very proud as a founder that our customer service is uh, is ridiculously good. We we pay very close attention if anybody has a problem with the site or doesn't know where these buttons are, is having difficulty using it. We're really good at, at helping people and helping them walk through it instead of being some like other social networks where there there's really no help, you know. And um, uh, we do have a, a pretty robust help desk. So that's awesome. So you help them get online if they if are on our our village if they need it basically. Yeah, absolutely. They just click the help button and send us a message you, and we help them out. Do you see any like uh, millennials at the campfire showing the the older older people like how to do it like holding up the that, those would be like amazing pictures you know like yeah, almost like so uh, crowdsourcing support. So the interesting thing about uh, about the RV living and, and this is just talking a little bit about um, if any of the listeners have ever owned an RV, they'll they'll understand this and agree. Buying a recreational vehicle, a, a, another home that's on wheels that has bedroom and kitchen and everything, it is akin to buying your first house, having a baby, getting married. It's right in that Rolodex with those things. It's a big deal. You do a lot of research in advance. You're extremely excited about doing it. So that breaks down all of the kind of demographic barriers, right? Religion, age, all of that stuff. Because it's not lost on the people that have come before you on what a big deal that is. So newer people come into the space and they're actually looking up to people that are older yeah. that have gone before We've them done it. and getting, uh, getting ideas. And so when you go to some of the gatherings that are happening organically through the Our Village platform, you'll see people of all ages and it doesn't even matter. You know, and there's no discussion of politics. There's uh, there's uh, religion, any of that stuff, which is really refreshing too within a social platform. That's a great point. Not having uh, someone doesn't log on to Facebook anymore because of that stuff. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> I love that crazy world. Uh, you know, what the other just to talk, to talk business for one second. Yeah. The other thing I thought was really smart when you started developing this was the sheer amount of like money spent on RVs. And how that opens up the opportunities for our village because you've got advertising on the site, you've got people trying to reach some of the RVers. Like it just made sense to me from a business perspective. Sure. So, um, so our our model is we follow the Facebook, Google, Craigslist business model. There should be no barrier for entry, right? Uh, Google says there should be no barrier for information. You should be able to get information without having to pay for it. Ask Jeeves went away a long time ago, right? And um, uh, and Facebook says you know there should be no barrier for e- for finding each other, finding the people that you've 
known in your life. And so we follow that model. Our village is a free platform to join, to use. It will always be free. There's no barrier to find other RVers around you and make connections with people. That being said, it we get a new user onto the site right now. Currently, I looked right before we did this call. We're getting a new user on average about one every two minutes, which is um, we've hit, you know, like a viral coefficient, and, yep, yep. Uh, and which is wonderful because nothing really is going to stop that growth other than the site not being accessible or something like that. And so that's a, that's a good problem to have. Um, that being said, we're generating a just a ton of really usable and in, uh, uh, important data and information, not about people, but the conversations that they're having about RVing. And the RV industry is a, some people say it's a $50 billion a year industry. Some people say it's an $80 billion a year. It's a big industry. Right? Yeah, it's huge. And the amount of revenue, there was a report that just came out in the RVIA, the RV Industry Association, uh, did a report that over $720 billion was generated last year from uh, from recreational travel. Recre- That's amazing. RV travel, amazing. Which is amazing. Because they're spending money on the road and gas and right. entertainment and all that stuff. Right? right. And these the companies, though, that serve the RV industry, the RVers want to be... Uh, they want those companies visible to them because they're things that they need. They're RV parks. They have to, you got to dump your tanks. You got to plug in and and juice up your batteries. You know, um, you got to do laundry. You know, whatever it is, and uh, parts and and repair and all of that stuff. So RVers are what are we refer to them as what's called a self-identified user. They come into the platform saying, "I want the information. Show yeah. it to me." So yeah. we have the ability within our village for advertisers to be able to create ads and then we can aggregate the data so they can show an RV park in near Orlando, Florida to people that are going to be near Orlando and that are going to that area. It's amazing. And that's the cool thing about it. And so we don't sell the data. We don't sell it to any third parties, which is super important. We, we're a trust-based platform. And we're also RVers. We don't, we don't want our data being... Uh, being sold out on the internet and uh, it's very valuable there's a lot of companies who pay us a lot of money for it but there's another way to do it which which makes a win-win situation for everybody that's amazing yeah yeah there probably was a temptation early on to to follow the Facebook way I don't think uh, there was a there wasn't a temptation on our end but there was but there's always a temptation on the uh, on the advertisers end to see if they can uh, you know, get, get a little more. Get a little more. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. What are the revenue streams for the site? Is it is it advertising and sponsorships, or what? What? How do you do it? Yeah. So we have several uh, several funnels. So um, there's advertising on the site, which is uh, it's healthy, right? So you can place an ad. You can target it who you want to see the ad based on demographics or based on act their you know the user's activity, what keywords, that sort of thing. We also have. Um, a very unique program for RV parks, which is called a charter park program. So an RV park for a uh, subscription fee of 65, I think it's like 65 or $70 a month right now, um, they can subscribe to the platform and they get a tool where they can create a promotion. You know, like, hey, come visit us uh, Sunday through Thursday midweek and get 20% off on your RV site, first time visitors, whatever. And then that will, when somebody updates their location, they will get, hey, in your new location, there's some promotions available for you. 
And so we have that. We also that's have really that. smart. That is like a total win-win too. Like that's the kind of stuff you're looking for when you hit a new location. The most valuable information that we have and data that we have on the users is we know where they are, and that's super important for uh, for anybody who wants to reach that ever-changing audience that's traveling through their area. But it's super important for the end user too, because when they're going through areas, they're looking for deals. They're they don't want to spend a premium dollars for something that they happen to make a last minute booking in. Yeah. And they also trust your site. And so they, they know that if you're recommending something or letting something be recommended, it's, it's probably really good. Yeah. Part of that trust is that it was built by our viewers for our viewers. And so yeah. they do trust that. Yeah. So it's the, it's those location pr- uh, promotions, which are one of your big ways of monetizing. Yeah. And you know, like anything, listen, being an entrepreneur, um, you learn pretty quickly with your successes that your successes came from not having that be the target. The target is to build a wonderful platform that people will use and then the rest will kind of follow, you know? So how the whole thing started uh, with building our village was really a very, it's like if I tell the story to people, the first thing they say is, oh right, of course that's how you started it. You yeah, know? well tell the story. And you also have, you've assembled a really nice team. So maybe kind of tell the story and, and oh, that, yeah, that's also good... how you how you picked up some of your team members. I, I need to have your job. I can ask myself my own questions. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, that's a good segue into that. So uh, I've, I've been an avid RVer since 1992. I've owned all different kinds of RVs. I love the lifestyle. In 2013, I was in Santa Fe, New Mexico in an RV park and I woke up at two o'clock in the morning. I walked outside and I'm looking at all these RVs in this park with me and I'm thinking, I wonder if there's some website that I don't know about where all these people are connecting with each other on the road because that seemed to make sense because we all have phones, we have location aware services. So I got on the internet and I started Googling, you know, RV or social network and the only thing that was coming up were these forums where people were talking to each other but you wouldn't know if the guy you're talking to is you know three blocks away you'd have no idea and i thought that's just crazy and uh where i became the perfect founder for this idea is that luckily i've got some very dear friends uh very 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 close friends uh one in particular casey fenton who was the founder of couchsurfing.com Oh which, yeah, yeah. Which was the very first peer-to-peer uh, sharing platform on the internet. It's the largest social travel network in the world, and uh, I think there's like twenty-something million people on it now. And I called uh, Casey. I called my friend Cam, who was the project coordinator. Uh, Hillary, all the people that worked on that team, I'd known them, and I, I, uh, I said, "Listen, I want to build this thing for our viewers." Their first question was, "Are RVs a thing?" And my answer was, yeah, but you're a little bit younger, so you wouldn't know that yet. Yeah. But it's a huge thing. Anyway, we assembled a team uh, of amazing people that know how to do social engineering and can, uh, and can do this. That's, that's highly attributable to our success. I came with the knowledge of the industry and the, yep. knowledge, the personal <coughs> knowledge of the, the user and what their journey is. And we built it. And it was, it was raw in a... Uh, we put it out beta to the world in a terrible format, but people loved the idea and they gave us permission and, uh, and a lot of patience. And, uh, over the last five years, it has grown to, we just, uh, uh, this morning or last night crossed 160,000 users, which for a niche social network is a lot of people. 
Yeah, that's um, awesome. It's a really to. inspirational story, and and you said it right. Like you got it out there in a raw format, but the demand was so strong. Like people were looking for this. Yeah, and, it, and and oh. I bootstrapped the whole thing by myself at the beginning because I kind of figured if I'm not in this thing all in, I'm yeah. not going to be able to find anybody else that's going to be able to to kind of follow the vision with me. You know, yeah, I need that's to a that. really that's a real pro of wisdom there. I really relate to that because Vanessa and I are all in too. And there's something that he said for kind of uh, burning the boats and just not looking back and just having to figure out how to make something work. And I'd say like, you know, people like you or Vanessa, I'm not as that doesn't come as naturally to me. Right. But now I've done it for four and a half years. I'm, I'm like that. But it's it's this amazing transformation you go through in your career where you just you just become like a, a problem solver extraordinaire and don't let anything stand in your way. I think it's really important to the success. This is more of like what I would say to other entrepreneurs that are building things. What it does is it keeps you accountable to yourself because yep. you can't walk away from it. You have to make it work because if you don't, you're going to be in trouble. And yep. it's too easy to walk away from using other people's money and much harder to do it when when you're feet are to the fire. And so you'll yeah. be up at four o'clock in the morning and making it work, you know? And I love that's, it. That's what it takes. Yeah. That's a really good pro wisdom. So then so you got like Cam and the couch surfing people were helping you and then and then you kinda of went through another growth phase where you brought on some people that do things like some of the web development, customer service. Maybe talk about those folks and, and yeah, the role so we, at our village. The team actually that's in place right now is really the team that was in it uh, at the beginning, our sysadmin, uh, you know, we've, we scaled our village from the beginning the smart way and got it on AWS, on Amazon, so that it's scalable. Uh, that was a that took a, a a bit of time to be able to tweak it so that it um, that it's scalable. And um, as far as our development team, it's the same development team that we've had since the beginning. We've iterated on it and expanded on it, but our key developers are are people that we uh, that know the platform really well they know the code really well and that's super important we're in the process right now of rebuilding it onto a uh, into a different language so that it's going to be a little bit more brought up more into the 21st century and yeah. so we are as far as technology goes we're what is referred to as a uh, agile scrum methodology shop so instead of putting a whiteboard and saying this is what we're going to build and then building that we go this is what we're going to build right now and then throwing it out there and then constantly throwing clay on it and and doing different things so right now well, the beauty of that oh sorry i'm sorry Keep <clears throat> no so right now we're in a um we're in a pivot where we're taking it off of the it, it was built in you know like php on the zen framework which was you know probably a decent thing to use five years ago and now it needs to be in things like react and javascript yep. and all that so we're, we're rebuilding it on that but the nice thing is you did two things you proved people wanted it before you did a crazy rewrite yes. and and two you through the agile uh, methodology you built you only built things that people wanted you could actually be really uh, you could listen to what people wanted you to build and, and then execute on that instead of trying to build the holy you know the holy grail right away yeah so the great thing about data is that it informs your decisions right so um we built we we built a lot of things on the original platform that people never used, and you know we know what it is that's important that needs to be on the new one that and the other things that can go by the wayside. You never know that unless you build it, unless you throw it out there. I mean, I I, I gave up guessing a long time ago because ninety nine percent of the time I'm wrong. 
you know, and it's like I'm I, the things I like actually very few people like, you know, that's and what, so um, that could be a bad trap to get into. Well, maybe you could tell people about how you got the company funded because it is and it's it's in a it's in a uh, a market where until the millennials started kind of jumping onto this, not a lot of venture capitalists are RVers today. Maybe today they are, but maybe five years ago they weren't because the trends are getting stronger. But how did you end up funding the company besides that initial bootstrapping you did? Yeah, that's that's a that's a important question. So uh, did the initial bootstrapping, and then once we once it was out there in the world, there were so many people that were coming up to me as the founder and were saying, hey, is there an opportunity for me here? And I really didn't know how to, uh, I, I didn't know what box to put that in or how to do that. So we decided to do a friends and family um, kind of seed funding round. And, um, and so we did that and we raised a little over a million dollars at a, uh, interesting enough valuation that, that they wanted to do it. And we did that actually pretty quickly. And then, uh, we've had revenue from our different funnels of revenue from the charter park and from advertising and, and we're holding rallies, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. And, uh, and then the site, we really used that money to understand the data and to build good data aggregation tools. And last uh, summer, I opened up a strategic round. So I, what I did is I brought in a small group of uh, industry uh, strategic investors that are, I kind of, it was, it was interesting. I, I feel like I got invited into the RV Illuminati. You know, I got, I have this, <laughs> this handful of guys that are there that are very sharp who have uh, built, you know, companies worth billions of dollars and uh, and they are very well connected in the industry. So they uh, helped fund uh, the second round, which we raised about a million and a half dollars. And um, we've been taking, we've been using that money to uh, finish out our aggregation tools and then to also rebuild the site on the new platform and to build out our revenue model. And it's been a, uh, it hasn't been that difficult because the idea is good. Um, the idea is one that they could sink their teeth on. I think, I think institutional investors have been a little bit leery of us because they don't understand the space. Um, but that's something that can change because the space speaks for itself and all you have yeah. to do is spend a couple of minutes investigating it and you'll realize how big it is, you know, that and your data and your usage, you know, I think, I feel like you guys are, you're on that path to like where the growth investors start really understanding what you're doing, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, the thing that's exciting for them is that every one of us knows investors, people on the team is that it is extremely hard to compete with first to market social. And the reason for that is because social is sticky, 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 like glue sticky. I'll give you an example. Um, give me, give me a couple hundred million dollars and let's build chirper, uh, where people can chirp 180 characters instead of 140. Well, why? Because because Twitter proved the model. Now let's compete with them. Nobody's going to come to it. You will waste every penny you've done. Donald yeah. Trump is never going to go to Chirper. Why? Because that's Twitter's where all his followers are. That's where his photos are. That's where his archives are. That's where yeah. his story is. And social behaves in the same way. Um, we had, there have been a couple of... Uh, uh, RV-centric social sites that have tried to come out within the last year or so, and uh, and they just failed because every time somebody says, "Hey, check out this new RV or social site," 
like five people say, ooh, cool, and one person in the post on Facebook says, I'm already on our village, there's 160,000 people on it. <laughs> we end up getting 200 new users that moment, and they got five, and it's just, it's hard to compete with that. And it's, so- It's really awesome. That's the, when we first built it, built it, I knew that I wanted to build it quick, more importantly yeah. than good. It needed to be yep. quick. So that's good wisdom. Well, tell me, let's talk about the rally here. I mean, yeah. this is, uh, this is something that I thought was so smart when he, when he kicked it off, it was a risk. Like you spent a lot of money on this, but it actually had this amazing ROI and also just kind of, a. it was not even about money. It was about raising the profile and bringing people together. It was a really cool event. Yeah. So I guess my soundbite is human interaction is more stimulating than a good cup of coffee. And it's why we're here. People, want to connect with each other. And so what we decided to do is hold an event uh, at the beginning once a year. We're now going to be doing them twice a year and then probably more. And it's called the Our Village Rally. And uh, right now it's happening in February in Live Oak, Florida. And I've kind of, uh, I'm mixing cultures, right? Like, so I come from the Burning Man culture. I've been involved with that for 20 something years. And so I've got my friend Charlie Smith who builds these amazing fire art sculptures and he creates this incredible environment so everybody can kind of hang out at night. And we've got seminars on how to RV, right? How to do all that stuff in vendor booths and, and master classes on electricity and, um, and all of that stuff. And so people are coming from as far as California to Florida to come to this thing. And, but they're not just coming, you know, we've got entertainment and all that. They're coming because they want to hang out with each other and they want to have an experience. They want to not just have an experience, but they want to participate in one and be able to say that they were there. And what else are you going to do with your RV? What a great destination to go to. And um, so we, uh, we did the first one up in Elkhart, Indiana, which is kind of the Detroit of the RV world. And then we did the second one in Live Oak, Florida at the... Uh, it's called the Spirit of the Sewanee Music Park, and it's like a big, huge music venue. They got multiple stages, and so we're doing it again at that venue. We've kind of found a wow. little East Coast home there, so that's in February over uh, Valentine's weekend. That's amazing. Yeah, and and could you see like the activity on the site and just like how 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 invigorating it was for the community? Oh yeah, we went ahead and created a, a group for the rally. So every time somebody's buying a ticket, they've got a place they can go and talk to each other and say, hey, I got, I reserved this spot, where are you? And there's a whole bunch of people that went to the one last year that, you know, they were the first to buy tickets for the next one. They loved it so much. And so um, all the new people that are coming, there's all the older people that have already been that can kind of help them out and where to pick a site to, to stay. And, and uh, it's creating community throughout the year just by having the event. So it, it definitely has legs for sure. It's so amazing. Well, this has been an amazing podcast. You're, you are one of my favorite clients and it's fun. Oh, thanks, and just, Scott. Yeah, no, I mean, we go way back. And also just what you built and seeing it come to fruition is really rewarding for me. So I, it's, it's been awesome having you on. Maybe you could tell everyone where they can find Our Village and, and how to reach out if they want to become a member. Yeah, so just go to ourvillage.com. It's R-V-I-L-L-A-G-E. It's like R-V Village, but only with one V. And it's ourvillage.com. Um, if you want to check out the site, I highly recommend that you use the website before you just pick up the app. Like the app is, uh, it's totally functional, but none of us learned Facebook from the app. The app became useful 
once we learned the platform and then it made more sense. So if you want to see what's going on and get a really good look at it, do it on the computer or on your, on your tablet. And then we do have the apps. Um, you can always reach out to me. Um, I'm easy to get a hold of. Just click the help button and send a message and say I want to connect with Curtis and, uh, and, and we're around. And so, yeah, it's ourvillage.com. Well, congrats on everything you built. Thanks. Check out ourvillage.com. And I've seen the traffic. I've seen the growth. It's been really exciting. And, uh, and congrats on everything you and your team have done. Oh, Chris. thanks so much. I really appreciate it, Scott. Thanks for doing I've really, I've wanted to do your podcast for a while. And I'm really, really glad that I got an opportunity yeah. to do this. Uh, thanks. thanks, man. It's, right. it's for people. I, I just like, for me, it's fun because I get to talk to folks like you. So it's, it's the best time I can spend any day. It's a really good podcast, by the way. I've listened to every episode. It's actually really uh, interesting. Thanks, man. So, yeah, you're welcome. Well, now you can listen to yourself on it. I know. Now I'm on it. I can die happy. All right, buddy. <laughs> thanks, Scott. I'll catch you later. All right, bye-bye. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise from Founders and Friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and Friends with your host, Scotty Olm. Hope you enjoyed that episode of Founders and Friends Podcast. Quick shout out to Brex, the first startup credit card. Brex is our sponsor and we really appreciate their support. Brex has no personal guarantee for founders. That's a really big deal. It integrates really nicely with QuickBooks. Great rewards that are startup-centric. It's a really nice little tool, and we are seeing it uh, all across the Cruise uh, portfolio of clients. So check it out. And again, if you go through the sign-up flow and type in Cruise, you get a discount. So hopefully you'll check out Brex. Thanks again for the support on the podcast, guys. Take care.